How do you show up the real you without fear in life's hardest moments? And how do you teach this to your kids? We're going to dive deep and you'll be inspired after listening to today's podcast. I'm Natalie Tisdall, a journalist who decided enough is enough. I left a career that looked glamorous to do what I was scared of doing, going out on my own. I'm a married working mom of three. On this podcast, we're going to talk about issues that really matter. Why am I not sleeping? What's up with that diet everyone's talking about? Are my kids falling behind? How do I leave that job and start over? Welcome to the Natalie Tisdall Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. It's Natalie. A busy time of year. I just had both my college kids home for a week, and now one is back in school for finals. I'm typically pretty busy in December, but I'm taking a big step back this year. More than ever, my family is appreciative of time, experiences together, and we are so grateful for the things that we do have in life. I'm doing a lot of reflecting lately, and I'm really big, if you've been listening to the podcast for very long, on authenticity, showing up with realness and warmth that's from a place that really means something. Today's world can be so cold, so inauthentic. I had the privilege to talk to someone on the podcast that is so real, so inspiring. She has a huge following as the hands-free mama. Maybe you've heard of her. In this episode, Rachel Macy Stafford joins me to talk about the meaning and the purpose that we find in adversity. A little more about her. She's an author, speaker, and creator who helps mamas learn what it means to be hands free. Rachel says that before she was holding on to the wrong things and missing out in life. I know what that feels like, and I know many of you do too. Finally, she's holding on to what matters, and it's given her a new life meaning. You're going to hear about that. We're going to talk about being authentic in life being authentic on social media, perfection, and how it brings us down and it impacts our kids, and making a transition in life as both Rachel and I have done recently. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing these episodes with your friends. Take a moment, if you will, to subscribe to the podcast and join my newsletter by going to natalietistel.com. By the way, you'll find those links in the podcast show notes. Let's get started with finding your authentic self with Rachel Macy Stafford. Rachel, thank you for taking the time today. There is so much that I want to talk to you about, but I want to get right into this topic of authenticity because until we are authentic to ourselves, we're not going to be able to be successful and to help other people and to be a good mom and all of those things that we want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on my hands-free journey, I worked to let go of all the things that distracted me from what really mattered. And I thought it was going to be just like the phone, the computer, the to-do list that was distracting me. But actually, there was a lot of internal distraction going on. And part of that internal distraction was me telling myself, you can't show up like that. You're not enough. You need to try harder. And that voice, you know, I called it my inner bully. Now I know it was a part of me that was trying to protect me from getting rejected because for all my life, I believed that I had to be what other people wanted me to be in order to be loved and accepted. 
I had to be the the go-getter. I had to be the organized one. I had to be the person who was in charge and and you know, everything was flawless. And that became my reputation. And so then I find myself playing all these roles that aren't really what I want to do. Mm. They don't fulfill me. They are not a reflection of my, you know, inner truest self. And I like to describe authenticity as who you are when no one else is around. Well, when I'm having to, you know, get all dolled up and go out and have this perfect presentation and and look like I have all my balls, you know, ju- I'm juggling all these balls, not dropping a single one. That's not that's not me. I am when I'm home, I am in my soft pants. I'm laughing. I'm I'm holding my cat. I'm writing in my journal. I'm laughing with my friends. You know, it's like, okay, how can I live this life where I am the same person everywhere I go, where I don't change like a chameleon to please others around me. Mm. So getting in touch with this, this idea that, okay, I'm wearing all these masks. I'm, I'm doing all these roles that I don't feel like they really reflect who I am. So now what do I do? And that was where this idea of being hands-free, letting go of some of these expectations that actually a lot of them were expectations I put on myself. And to be able to say, no, I'm not going to do this project because this, this, I'm not, I'm not passionate about this project. And let, let's say you've been doing that project for 10 years because it's a commitment. But that first time that you say, no, I'm not going to do this. It's scary, but you're honoring yourself. And every time you honor yourself, you honor what feels right to you, what you need, that is bringing you closer to being your authentic self, Self self-honoring behaviors. And a lot of it looks like setting healthy boundaries too on what you will and will not tolerate. And if you're a people pleaser like me, Mm. it's very hard to begin saying no that's not what I want to do or no, this is not okay with me. But when you get that disappointment and you will, because if you've been doing something for someone for a while and you say, I'm not doing that anymore, or you can't treat me that way, there's going to be probably some fallout, but there's nothing worse than disappointing yourself over and over and over. And when you are living an inauthentic life. That's what you're doing. You're denying yourself of what you need to thrive. You know, we wonder why, why do I feel so sad and empty and confused all the time? It's like, well, how are you spending your time? Is there, are you doing anything in the day 
that feels fulfilling? Are you doing anything that your heart desires? Do you even know what your heart desires? Let's talk about that because authenticity is a buzzword, definitely. And mm-hmm. you know, it was something when, when I was doing the morning news and I was a newscaster for 28 years, I said often to myself and to those I'm close to is it's really hard to smile on a morning show when I'm having a crappy day or, wow. you know, some of my hardest moments I had to go through on television mm-hmm. and yet no one could know because I had to wake up and smile and say good morning. And I wow. hated that. Oh, it was wow. the thing I think I struggled with the most was I'm not being authentic when I'm smiling and acting like things are fine. And I, that's not good. So authenticity is such a buzzword, but how do you recommend and years of now working with people on this, that we find that, Mm -hmm. that truth. And for some people, they don't know they're looking for someone else to tell them their parents or their friends, or I don't know what to do with it. Can you help me or a therapist? Or I don't know what my authentic self is. How do we get to that? Well, as I was mentioning earlier, you begin pausing when you have a choice about what someone is asking you to do or participate in. You pause and you ask yourself, what do I want to do? Mm. We don't do that. We don't ask ourselves, what do we want to do? We just kind of read the room and, and figure out, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm, this is how I'm supposed to answer that. Like mm. even the simple as where do you want to go to dinner that, you know, my family says, where do you want to go to dinner, mom? And I, for, for years, I would say, where I knew they wanted to go. I wouldn't say where I wanted to go. <laughs> oh, I'm so guilty. You, why do we do that? Exactly. Because, you know, we are conditioned oh. to, to be accommodating and we want to keep the peace, mm. you know? And so we deprive ourselves of who, who we really are, what we really want. And so you start with something as simple as saying, I want to go to, you know, Chuck's for dinner. I don't want to go get pizza. I want to go here and saying that and holding yourself to that and not backing down when everyone's, oh, oh, do we No, this we have to go there. You asked, me, <laughs> you asked me, where do I want to go? This is where I want to go. So that's a, that's a small example, but let's say you've had a, a relationship with a friend that is toxic and you realize every time you talk to that person, you feel depleted and, and you're being their, their sounding board. How did you're like, how did I, how did I turn into the therapist for this person? Or how did I turn into the sounding board? Why, why is it that this person calls me every Monday and, and just spills everything on me? I didn't ask for this, but you're allowing it to happen. Mm. So then you have to say, you know what, friend, I'm not going to be able to have those calls with you anymore on Mondays. This is what I'm going to be doing. Or I I don't feel like I'm the right person to help you with these problems. Mm. You, You have to honor your time, your needs, because people will take, take, 
take from you. So you start living as your authentic self by saying what you want and sticking to that. And, and yes, you're going to have times where you don't say what you want and you say, oh my gosh, why did I say yes to heading up that committee? Now I'm doing, you have to have self-forgiveness, self-compassion. This is how you operated through your life. You thought your worth came from pleasing, accommodating. Maybe it did. Maybe, maybe that was your role in your family was the peacemaker. Mm. And now you're still doing the peacemaker. And now you're like, that role does not serve me anymore. That role is keeping me from actually doing what I want to do and, and being who I want to be and spending the time that I want to spend. So I like to, I like to identify these roles, like the people pleaser for me and to say, remind myself, Rachel, that worked for you when you were younger and it got you where you wanted to go. It's not serving you anymore to keep bending over backwards for people. And now who do you want to be? And a perfect example is as an author, I have to be on social media. It's part of if you want to be successful and sell books and sell your classes and everything and make a living, you've got to be on social media. But it's interesting how then you're expected to show up a certain way mm-hmm. on social media. And I got really caught up in, I have to, you know, post every single day. I have to do, you know, these videos and, and things that I'm not comfortable with. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to lead with authenticity. I'm going to be who I am. And I tend to get really wordy on my posts and, and, you know, all the Instagram experts are like, oh, don't, don't say more than 25 words. And I'm like, I, I'm leading with my authentic self. And so, yeah, there's going to be 200 words. And my teenagers give me a hard time. They're like, that's not what Instagram's for. And I'm like, well, that's what I made. That's what I'm using it for. (laughs) So, you know, that's just, that's a simple example of these expectations that people put on us that we have to stop and say, wait a minute, I I never wanted that job or I never signed up for this Mm. and speaking and standing up for yourself. Yeah. So with social media though, because you brought it up, I want to ask authenticity is again, a buzzword. It's something we have to dig deep to really know what do I want? When should I say no? But I find social media, I have to as well. Like it's my business now and it's what I do and it's how we get word out on the podcast. But you know, when you're having a crummy day, do you put that out? Is that being authentic? Do you let people know life's not all perfect because it's so, it's so much easier to just show the happy moments on social media. Oh, I, I absolutely, if I think about who I'm drawn to, the work that I'm drawn to, the authors or influencers that I like and listen to, they do share their, their lows. They do share their struggles. I really have no interest in 
just always seeing the sunny side of things on social media. And I do think it's gotten better that, you know, there are more people who are just willing to talk about real life stuff and share from that vulnerable place. And then, you know, feel connected to someone who, who reaches back out and says, Oh, that happened to me, or I feel that too. And so in that respect, social media can be, um, a good thing, you know, when you realize I'm not alone, but like you were saying, when you had to do the morning news and you had to put that smile on your face, even if your mom is in the hospital and you are worried and you're putting that mask on, you don't really have a choice in that moment, but you need to make sure that you do have a place where you can take off the mask. You can say, this is how I feel. And this is not pretty. Yeah. And have a person that you can trust. And those are not easy to come by. Yeah. People who you can be real with. So if you find someone like that, you know, by gravitating toward what your heart desires, Mm. you know, you're, you're into animals, you start going and volunteering at the shelter, you begin to meet people that you can connect with and you don't have to have your full made up face, the, the smile you show up, you come as you are. And that is where we actually feel like we truly do belong. So that's what I would encourage people who are listening in is if you don't have a space in your life where you can come as you are, please be thinking about how can you cultivate that? I'm going to give you a really quick example. I will go to a playground and I will swing when I am feeling super sad confused, lost, because when I was a little girl, I loved to swing. And I can remember some of my saddest days getting on a swing and feeling the the wind on my face, feeling my bare feet going through the sky, looking at my little self under this big sky and saying, it's going to be okay. And so getting back to swings now in my, as, as an adult is helping me reconnect with my most authentic parts. Mm. So that's the second thing is, so you're creating a space where you can be yourself. But second of all, try to remember who, who were you when you were a little kid? Look at your picture. What things did you like to do? You know, I told you I love to swing, but I also loved to fill notebooks. I made mixtapes like nobody's business. <laughs> and guess what I love to do? I love to go to live concerts now. When I am standing there and I feel that music pulsing through my body, every worry, every anxiety, every insecurity just falls off me. Yeah. And I also had a thing for stray cats and my mom would never let me pet pet them. She'd say, no, 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 they're going to have a disease. 
So what did I do when I was trying to be my authentic self? I went and I started volunteering with a stray cat shelter and I got to pick up those cats Mm -hmm. that I wasn't allowed to touch, (laughs) you know? So that's how you start reconnecting with your truest, truest self is you, you got to dig deep and reach back into that memory bank. You know, it's even as far as like, what cereal did you like to eat? You know, well, you know, I remember going to my grandma, she had honeycomb cereal. It was the biggest deal because we didn't have sugar cereal at my house. (laughs) But if I eat a bowl of honeycomb now, I, I almost can feel myself going back to that time. Mm. I didn't have all of the stuff piled on me. And I didn't know all of the tragedies of the world. And that innocence was still there, you know, and we need those moments of just that peace in, in with our, with our heart, you know, and, and reconnecting with that part of us. Mm. That's so, I, 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 all these memories are coming into my head right now from my childhood. And it's funny, I've never really thought about connecting back with those to become more authentic today as a mom of three. And we do so much for everyone else that we lose track of who we are Mm -hmm. and what we want. And you hear stories of empty nesters going, I don't know who I am anymore. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's Um, it's easy to do. Hey everyone, it's Natalie. I'm excited to let you know that I'm opening up spaces for collaboration and advertising and sponsorship on this podcast and on my YouTube channel. If you're a brand looking to grow in the wellness, family, or mindfulness spaces, I would love to collaborate with you. You can find a link to get in touch with me in the show notes, and you can always find out more about what I'm up to on natalietisdall.com. Yeah. So connecting with that. And I want to talk about that as a mom, as a parent for men who are listening to, but specifically we get so busy. We volunteer, we do everything for everybody else. We keep, as you said, all the balls in the air for everybody else, but then one falls and it shatters and we have to model to our kids how to, how to pick them up. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that in, in motherhood and what are we doing if we're trying to be perfect or look perfect. What are we doing to our, to our kids? How can we avoid that? Yes. When I had a really bad moment, Natalie, my oldest was around eight and I blamed her for her sister falling on the steps because she had put her library book there and I lost my temper and I overreacted. And I went to Natalie after I calmed down And I said something to her that I haven't, I hadn't said to anybody ever in my whole life. I said, I'm sorry. I am mean to you because I'm mean to myself. Mm. And Natalie, who was very wise for her age and just very mature, looked at me, not like that was bad news or sad news. She looked at me like, yeah. I know I get it. And there was a sense of hope being able to put that out there. 
I'm mean to you because I'm mean to myself. And I said, I don't know how, Natalie, but I'm going to try to work on loving myself. And so I can love you the way that you deserve to be loved. Mm. That telling her the truth in that moment, it changed the course of our relationship, of my life, because I thought, oh my gosh, all this time I thought perfect parenting was required to raise capable kids. That's not it. In fact, the more human we are with our insecurities, our struggles, our failures, the more human they can be with us Mm -hmm. and the more apt they're going to be able to get back up Mm -hmm. after they fall and they are going to fall. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I found myself for so many years hiding my, my fears or my, I don't know, just not being able to be vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. maybe that comes from having such a strong single mom that, you know, it was like, oh, I don't want to show people my, and just more recently in hardships, it's so hard for me to be vulnerable with my children and to be able to say that hurts or I'm sad or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people struggle with that, but they need to know, they need to know so that when they have those struggles, they can find support, look for support and know that it's okay to to be weak in the moment. Oh, absolutely. And that, that we all need help. One of the best things I ever did into 2020, when things were just going upside down, I finally said, I, I need to talk to a therapist about some of these issues that are coming up for me right now. And the best thing I did was tell my daughters, I'm getting some help. Because I have some problems with how I perceive my body, how I base my worth. And to be able to share that with them, they were teenagers and they are teenagers and they were teenagers in 2020, but to see them respond to say, mom, I wrote down these body positivity quotes for you or mom. You know, I'm, I was glad to see you having that brownie. You know, it. it's like you're inviting them in to knowing that it's okay to ask for help, that we all have issues to normalize things like anxiety, depression, and no, you don't have to hide that. Mm. There, There's help for you. And we can talk about these things. The worst is when your kids think, I can't talk to my mom about this, or I can't talk to my dad or my sister. But when you grow up in a family that says, you know what, we have these hard conversations and man, these are awkward. Mm -hmm. These are awkward. And you don't have, you don't have the right words. You don't, you will not have the right words and don't wait till you have the right words. Oh boy. That's, isn't that the truth? Yeah. We wait and we plan and we uh-huh. draft something out and then exactly. And, some, and then, then sometimes never happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and then we find out, oh my gosh, I had no idea. My child was feeling this way about herself. Mm-hmm. And I never told her that 
this is how I went through life feeling about myself. Mm. So being able to put that out there, there, there's this term and it's, it's a strong family narrative. Look that up. Bruce Feller is the author of the book that has this idea of a strong family narrative. And that is sharing your struggles, sharing what you've overcome with your children so they can know this is what I'm made of. We think we have to shelter them from pain and adversity. We're not going to be able to do that. So instead we say, hey, this is what I'm going through right now. And this is how I'm coping. And this is how you can help me. And that is a strong family narrative that you are building. Yeah. Yeah. You talk so much about authenticity and you, you talk about many things in your blog and your your course, I know. But tell tell me more about that, what people can learn if they find you. And I'll put everything in the show notes. But we have just like barely scratched the surface of some of the things that you teach. I wanted to get into this authenticity, yeah. but give us more. So you can come to handsfreemama.com and I do still write essays, even though they are kind of a thing of the past. Now everything is like a, you know, a two sentence clip, but I still love to write. I love to share very vulnerably about things that I'm still working on. I'm a work in progress and I, I hope I always will be because I want to never stop learning. And you can find there then my social media handles like Facebook, the hands-free revolution Mm. and on Instagram, the hands-free revolution. And I have five books. Um, The fifth one comes out in March. And so you can find everything and more that we've touched on here today in my books. And my course is called soul shift. And I offer that once or twice a year. Wonderful. I want to ask you one other thing because I went through just a year and a half ago, a complete professional change, you know, 30 years in one industry. And I know you made a change similar when you wrote the book. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of people who just not quite there yet, but they would like to. Part of that is finding who you are authentically. I mentioned that I had a really hard time being authentic when I had to smile through tough stuff on the news. And what advice do you have for people in making a life transition Mm -hmm. like you did? And you've beautifully done that and grown a new business. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be telling the whole story if I didn't say, you know, I, I did have that financial security of my spouse Mm. that, I was able to pivot from teaching to trying to be an author that not everyone has that ability um, and that support. And so I would start with, we talked about having these spaces of time or spaces in your house where you can do something that fulfills you, that, that you can create, or maybe it's something in nature or we talked about, you know, volunteering somewhere. You create this basically just listening to the desires of your heart. Okay, what what makes me feel alive? What excites me? What breaks my heart? What do I want to feel, you know, stand up for? What's an injustice that really just I I want to I want to 
take part in helping dismantle that, you know, start paying attention to those moments that you feel something Mm. and then saying, okay, how can I, how can I turn this into an activity or how can I participate in this? Even if it's just on whatever your free day is of the week, you think, okay, Sunday afternoons, they're going to be dedicated to what delights my heart. And for me, it started with journaling at night. My husband worked out of town and I had little children at the time. So I would wait till they go to bed, but instead of watching TV, I would write. And that was after a 30 year hiatus of writing. But I knew I am born to write and share words. This is my purpose. And I can't go another day not doing what I just feel Mm -hmm. like I'm supposed to be doing. So just starting small. And even if it's just keeping a notebook in your purse or your wallet and just jotting down when you have an idea, oh, I just saw something that, you know, made me think like I went to a nursing home and I saw a volunteer pushing someone outside. And I said, is that a job? And she said, yes, I'm a volunteer. I take the residents in wheelchairs outside to be in the sun. I thought, who knew that was a job? That is something that would delight my heart to absolutely no end. And I jotted that down. I have a list of things. When I have that time in that space, those are things I want to do. So, so even if you can't do them right now, start keeping track. Yeah, that's so great. And even if they're just little things here and there, those things that, and your words are so beautiful, things that delight your heart. You're like, I just want to do that instead of doing what everybody else wants you to do, right? Fulfilling everybody else's needs. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you designate that, you know, you say, all right, Sunday afternoon, that is my time. And you guard that like you guard it with your life and you do not plan anything else. And that's, that's part of that boundary setting Mm. that you have to start doing to live an authentic life, but honoring yourself one self honoring act at a time. That's how you start living more authentically. So beautiful, Rachel. Thank you for your advice today. Let's do this again. We'll, we can pick 10 it. more topics that, <laughs> that you teach. And I learned so oh. much. I have notes and notes. And, oh, and that's I just, great. I look forward to sharing this with other people and to connecting again soon. Oh, thank you. All right. All the best to you and your family. Thank you. You too. Thank you for joining the Natalie Tisdall podcast. You can follow along on Instagram and at natalietisdall.com. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.